morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Just a Bit Outside, our first ever baseball podcast from BW Sports One. With me this evening, or this morning, sorry, I'm used to Tuesday nights on Checkers and Wreckers. If you don't know me, I'm the source. With me today is two, uh, two of my good buddies. One, but it's probably the Tim Kirchin of the group of baseball knowledge. Tim Quigley, and the other one is John Faber, who goes by Johnny Bucket. So welcome aboard, guys. <laughs> What's up? Hey, What's how's up? it going? Nice After to see you guys this morning. Look, look at all the baseball stuff we got going on here. We got two Phillies. Well, we are all, for record, we're all Phillies fans, but Tim wants to be different. He didn't want to be a homer. Well, you can't, you can't go You can't go off completely homer here, man. We're supposed to be talking about everything, not just Philadelphia. If we're talking just Philadelphia, yeah, I'll break out the Philly stuff. But if we're going to be encompassing all of MLB, why are we all going to wear Philly stuff, unlike you two homers? <laughs> yeah, he didn't go to the side of the state, though. <laughs> yeah, no, no, he stayed in the state of Pennsylvania. Hey, I could have I went to Canada. Right. Well, welcome aboard, guys. Or the filthy city that's New York. Yeah, yeah. Well, welcome to the welcome to the team. We look forward to all these shows here with you guys. Are you guys ready for uh, hopefully an exciting season of baseball ahead of us? Yeah, hopefully. But Trace, you forgot to introduce yourself as you may be the source to everybody else, but to us, you're the host who thinks they know the most. I don't know the most. I can tell you that right now. I don't know shiitake. Oh, anyway, <laughs> anyways, let's get on with our first topic here. So as most everybody knows, we had a really interesting offseason, to say the least, after the World Series ended, which congratulations are in order to the Atlanta Braves. You're, yeah, I mean, as Phillies fans, we don't like that, but congratulations to them anyways for winning the World Series last year. And then we went into a lockout because both sides are greedy. So let's get into that a little bit. And I'm going to start here with Tim. And Tim, what is? I want to know your opinion here on how the lockout was and what your opinion of how like they handled it and who you think caved in more. Well, as most negotiation goes, one side's going to want what they want. The other side's going to want their own thing. And for the longest time, it, for at least if you want to believe the reports that were out there, it seems like neither side wanted to move. And the league imposed the lockout, which, you know, it's it's kind of dumb how they went through it. It's the classic millionaires versus billionaires while the common man is sitting there going, what are you fighting about money for? Just play ball. So it's, it's stressful. It was stressful to say the least. And even trying to plan for games this year, you're like, well, I was under the assumption we weren't going to have a season. And I don't know if every baseball fan felt that way or not, but I don't know. What did you, what did you guys think? Yeah, John, let's, let's get your opinion here on this. What, what, how, uh, what was your opinion on the lockout? Well, I think Manfred did himself no favors in terms of public opinion. Um, I think it's pretty obvious that most everybody blamed it on him, whether that be rightfully so or not, it's hard to say. Um, Again, it's, it's a money situation. When it comes down to money, both sides are going to dig their heels in. Um, I think, in general, it seems like the players got more of what they were looking for. Uh, by most accounts, the, the, the league um, gave up more than they initially wanted to. Um, and you know, meeting in the middle, it seemed like the agreement was more um, player-friendly than it was league-friendly, which I think is, at the end of the day, probably uh, a good thing, I guess. Um, I don't think many um, of us – Normal Joe Schmoes have a whole lot of sympathy for the owners and, and to be fair, the players either. But I think the players are more easy to side with than the uh, 
the so quote unquote greedy owners. Yeah, so I'm gonna agree with you guys. In Let's fact, not forget I... too, not to cut you off there, Matt, but when Manfred announced the lockout, he did it with a smirk on his face. Right. And if that didn't boil your blood at all, then you're not a baseball fan. If you're a baseball fan and you see Manfred, yeah, that's what we're gonna call him from now on. Freaking Manfred, come out there, ear to ear grin, or yeah, ear to ear grin, going, hey, we're gonna cancel games. Let's let's be honest too, though the whole lockout thing should never have happened because. Yeah, the owners who were trying to make more money, you had the players who were trying to make more money. Mind you, we're going to get into the free agency here in a, in a little bit, and you'll see the numbers that some of these players signed for, and they don't need more money. And that was that was the biggest thing. I honestly think the lockout was a joke. I was yeah, because it was the league-initiated lockout. I mean, I was done with baseball for a little while until I knew they were coming back. I, it was hard to want to be a baseball fan knowing what was coming up next. With that, though, there was a lot of changes that were made. I know there's one that we're all not really on board with because of another rule that was implemented from last year. Um, the universal DH was probably the biggest rule change that they made, where both leagues now will have a DH permanently. And with that, though, we were hoping that the ghost runner on second base was going to go away, and it didn't. So, well, it, it still could, but it's it's murky right now with that one. Apparently, well, well the players, the players were the ones that wanted it, not the not the teams. It was the players that actually wanted it. So, shame on the, them. I think the coaches wanted it more than anything. With the argument being the shorter uh, spring training period, less time to gear up and get ready. They didn't want to go through 16 inning games and blow through their bullpens early on. But then again, too, you also have a 28 man roster to begin the year. Right. And then we also have for next year starting, well, starting for next year, we have the uh, banning of the shift. Me personally, I think the shift was dumb. I think it ruined baseball, but to that extent, it goes to show you. Exactly. It goes to show you that guys cannot hit in the shift. They can't hit opposite field. They're all natural pool hitters. And that's a shame. That and, and, oh, I mean, I would. I mean, look at any time there's a shift, how many guys have ever hit out of it? You go looking back in the day, and we've talked about this at, at my work because I have some baseball fans at work. Um, guys like Ted Williams or Ricky Henderson, they'd hit an opposite field, or Henderson would just lay a bunt down and he'd be on first or second base at that point. You're, but that was the style of the game. Right. That was That was the mentality, hit them where they ain't. Now it's launch angle, exit velocity, spin rates, and it's, you know, it's a, it's play a home, the numbers. It's a play home the, run. It's play a the home statistics. Run. Yeah, it's a home run hitters game now. So I'll throw this one to John first. Of all the offseason rule changes that has happened because of the lockout, which one do you like the most? Which one do you like the least? And give us a little bit of your opinion on, on why. So um... – I kind of like the fact that they just bit the bullet and did the universal DH. It's been inevitable for a long time. They were never going to take the DH away from the AL. So I think it was kind of necessary to level the playing field. You know, we're not at the point in time now where the AL and NL are totally different. I mean, they, they, at one point they were, they're not, it's all just one league. Right. So I, I like how they, uh, they implemented that. Um, I'm with you guys, the ghost runner. I just hate it, man. I just really, really hate it. Like, I don't know. It just does not feel natural. It does not feel like the baseball we grew up with. It's just, it's just stupid. I mean, I, I, I don't know. Just stupid. Yeah, I think we're all in agreement that the universal ghost runner on second base and extra innings is dumb. Tim, what about you? Your uh, most favorite, least favorite, opinion why? Uh, 
uh, we're all in agreement here that the Ghost Runner is BS. The Ghost Runner only existed for AAU baseball when you've got to get four games in in a span of six hours. And it was a showcase thing. It makes sense for travel baseball. It doesn't make sense for professional baseball. Professional baseball doesn't need to have a time limit. You can go 12, 13, 14 innings and any normal baseball fan will be fine. But we're all in a society now of everything's under a time crunch. Everything's got to be timed. It's got to be done. And it's got to be quick. Uh, same way that they're going to implement the pitch clock in MLB. Now, the minor leagues have done it. It hasn't been that big of a hassle. I believe college baseball just started a rule. Um, same kind of thing where you get like 20 seconds or something like that to pitch the ball. But the pitch clock isn't that big of a thing for me. Minor leagues have been living with it for a while. I can live with that. Um, Universal DH, it was you know inevitable, like John said, which is a bummer for if you're a baseball purist. But originally, if it was have the DH and get rid of the or the ghost runner, I'd take the DH all day. If you're going to take away the ghost runner but add a DH, fine. You got to take your wins with your losses. And I was going to take that. And I took it. And when we get into free agent signings earlier, it opened up massive opportunities for a bunch of other players. Now you're not just limited to one league if you're a designated hitter. Like Nelson Cruz going to the Nationals. He never would have played in an NL team had there not been a DH. So now you've got another position, another bat to pay, and more offense. Fans love the long ball. I I mean, I think the DH rule is actually great. I I mean, I hate it because I'm we're all traditionalists with the National League. We love to see the pitchers hit, but... To the extent, look at what the Phillies did for a free agency, which, again, we'll get to that here in a little bit. Being able to add guys, and now you're not putting a lot of strain on some of your top players where they can just go to DH and they don't have to worry about playing the field every day. I think it's great for the sport. I think it's going to make guys' careers longer. Um, Albert takes away from the strategy. Yep, takes away, it, just, it takes away from the strategy, but look at Pujols. Pujols going back to St. Louis to be their DH. Doesn't have to play first base. That's so, it, it, it opens up opportunities for players who never would have had an opportunity before. There's no arguing that. Yeah. But now now you're done with, you know, the classic seventh inning pitchers only at like ninety-five pitches. He's due up second, and you're down by a run. If the gut first guy hits a leadoff double, what do you do with the gut with the pitcher? Do you let him hit because he's shutting everybody down, or do you pinch hit for him and try to get the run in? So your chess game is essentially limited, which if you're a baseball purist, that's kind of the whole strategy of the thing. Well, if you, uh, if you have a really bad seven, eight, nine hitters, like our team has had in the past, it equals out to being, having a designated hitter. So it's, you know, it's the same thing. Um, and we're not going to get any more classic moments like Bartolo Colon hitting home run in Petco <laughs> park. We're not going to get Joe Blanton, uh, uh, home runs. We're not, I mean, I mean that excitement's out and, you know, there are some good hitting pitchers. Look at Madison Bumgarner, uh, Kershaw every now and then, Zach Granke. Zach Granke could somehow grab a bat and start roping doubles. So, Cole Hamels. Cole oh, Hamels. Yeah. Hamels. <laughs> yeah. If you want to really dig deep into Phillies, look at Randy Wolf. Randy Wolf could. Oh, the Wolf bat. Pack, baby. Could. Bring him back. <laughs> uh, John knows my I've boy. I've got stories about that 400 section. <laughs> John, John knows about my boy, Cliff Lee, hitting, hitting, yeah. some, hitting some good balls there. But. So with the whole designated hitter thing, though, don't forget now there is a new 
rule in place for guys like Shohei Otani. No, 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 no. It's not for guys like Shohei. It's for <laughs> Shohei. Well, yeah. so maybe people, another pitcher that's gonna hit that it's, can hit forty home now, runs. Now, hold a year. on. I'm not now. I'm not saying that there's gonna be pitchers that are gonna hit forty home runs like he does. But my point of it is, there's gonna be guys that are coming in like him at some point. He was the first. Okay, maybe. That's, maybe. I mean, it'd be interesting for the game if there were more, more guys like him. But that's—I mean—he's a rarity, man. He's one in a million. Yeah, if you ask with, me, with your universal DH now, why? If I'm a pitcher, why would I worry about hitting? Why well, am I going to worry about it? What am I saying? Unless you're well, naturally gifted. If this you're is naturally a- gifted. That's one thing. But if you're a normal Joe Schmo pitcher and you're trying to fast track your way to the big leagues, do you want to waste time trying to hit and be like Shohei, or are you going to work on curveball? Well, so here's my thing, though. Is what I'm getting at is if you from a little bit of the Japanese leagues that I've watched a lot, they have a lot of guys over there that are totally, totally different game, totally right. different game. But, but I'm saying that that open, this opens the door, this rule here, op- that, which I haven't even read off what it is yet. For those that don't know the, uh, so if you're a starting pitcher like Otani and you're designated hitter as well, if you get pulled out of the game as a starting pitcher, you basically stay in the game as a designated hitter. Mm-hmm. So Otani Obviously, it's, yeah, this is a rule made for him. But my point of it is he opened the door for – I'm not saying the next two years, five years, whatever. Down the road, we're eventually going to have these two-way players come in. It's that inevitable. rule only exists for the current current length of the current CBA. It's not a set-in-stone rule. It's only for the length of this CBA. No, but obviously the CBA is going to expire at some point. So when that's Five CBA years, I think. Comes, yeah, when that CBA expires, or who knows, we could get another, another two-way player. He's who might not hit forty home runs, but he could still bat three hundred. Yeah, though, so, like you were saying earlier with the Japanese league, you know, having a lot of two-way guys. It's also, if you really want to dive down into it, the uh, like the Korean leagues. If you ever watched any of those games, maybe during the lockout or not the lockout, but the pandemic, when ESPN was showing Korean baseball at like <laughs> three, four in the morning. <laughs> Which, you know, defensively and pitching-wise, it's kind of like watching a double-A game. And it's no fault of their own. It's just the talent that's over there. But some of those dudes could rake. Oh, yeah. And careers have been reinvented <laughs> there. Like, Dar- I think Darren Ruff, Ruff and Aaron yeah. Altair. Uh, yeah, they both went to the Korean League and kind of reinvented themselves. I'm trying to think who else went there and came back. Uh, Eric Thames for the Brewers came back and had a few good years in that will be after slugging some dingers in the Korean baseball league. I mean, look at, uh, Ichiro came from the Korean league. So Japan, Japan, whatever he came from there, came over here. It was one of the best hitters in baseball. So that's where remember, I... did Ichiro win rookie of the year and MVP the same year. I can't remember. Statistician, why don't you look it up for us? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> Johnny, Johnny Buckets and I are sitting here like, uh, not sure. Come on, statistician. We'll, we'll let Tim uh, take the lead on that one. Yeah. <laughs> Favorite baseball website, baseball reference. Yep, MVP <laughs> rookie of the year in 2001. Yeah, so, but see, and that's what I'm saying. So, guys have had. Decent Call careers Tim over there. actually got to live up to a reputation now. Yeah, Thanks. Right. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, and that's what I said. I think down the road, it might not be during this CBA. I think maybe next CBA we might see guys potentially do that, like what Shohei's doing. And he, right now, let's face it, he's a freak, okay? I'm not disagreeing. That dude is a freak of nature. 
40 home runs, one of the really good control of every pitch that he has. I don't think he really had too many bad outings this past year. So I think this year will be a big deal. He gets a lot of batters to chase. His stuff moves and so much. I mean, you look at all of his strikeouts, it's very rarely. I mean, it happens like, you know, slider on the corner, splitter on the corner, but his stuff just breaks and dives and guys just look foolish. Yeah. So with that, and I know I've been talking about it. We're finally going to get into it. Let's go into our next big topic of the offseason here. And that was MLB free agency. We had some big signings before the lockout happened, though. And then once the lockout happened, everybody was on shutdown and they were like, oh, nope, can't touch nothing. So everybody that's watching, if you look at the bottom, we have just a, a few of the big signings that occurred with. Scherzer and Story and Castellanos and a few others. So let's get into a little bit here, the free agent tracker. And I'll start with you, John. What was your biggest surprise, whether it was a team or a player signing with a team? Like, what was your biggest surprise of the free agency that happened? Because there was a lot of money that was thrown around this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'll be a homer again, but if you would have told me in the offseason – the Phillies would be able to go out and get Castellanos and Schwarber for less than $20, $20 million or less a year, I would have told you you're crazy. And to say that they would have gotten both of them for less money than Chris Bryant, I mean, that come on. Funny. Like Castellanos seemed to be like the gem of free agency, and Chris Bryant was up there, obviously, but not in, in my mind, and I don't think most people's minds, he was a better pickup than Castellanos. And, I mean, look at the contract comparison. So, I mean, it's, it's a homer pick. It is what it is, but – I mean, I think they, they killed it in those two signings, honestly. Yeah, I, I'll agree. I, I don't think – well, I mean, obviously, I was sold that Chris Bryant was coming to Philly because of the third base help that they needed. You still need um, to pay me on that. Bet. Yeah, I know. I, I owe you both still. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but in general, though, I thought this year's free agency was just – or this offseason's free agency was just wild because there was, was so many – there were so many guys that they, you didn't think were going to go anywhere. It's like, for example, Freddie Freeman going to the Dodgers. Yeah. They They – did him dirty, but as Philly fans, turn. so you can you can. I mean, the Braves as, did, yeah. As the Philly Dodgers did, the Dodgers paid yeah. the man more than he deserved, probably. No, Freddie's worth it. Freddie's worth uh, it. I don't know. And we, and we, maybe. And we can agree here too that even though we're not the biggest Braves fans and we may be Philly homers, but Freddie Freeman plays the game right. Absolutely, he's oh, sure. He he is a new embodiment, in my opinion, of Chase Utley. Oh, I agree. He yeah, he's just gonna go out there. He's gonna get the job done, no matter what it takes. My my thing is though. I think the Braves made out really well with getting Matt Olson to replace him because Olson's a really good ball player too, and they paid him. And they paid him. him. I mean, Mm -hmm. Olson's Olson's gonna be a good player. He's younger. uh, Yeah, you're gonna have some longevity with him at first base. I mean, Freddie, I think six years was a lot of years to give give him because there was. I don't know if he's. I want to say he's past his prime. He still got some good years left in him, but it's like at the back end of that contract, like a Ryan Howard contract. Yeah, it's like what what's Freddie going to be like for what he did, not for what he's going to do. The the Howard contract looks bad in retrospect because he got hurt. The Achilles. If if you you can literally pinpoint Ryan Howard's career tanking, and it's it was that Achilles tear at the end of at the end of what was that 2010, 2011? the Giant series, right? Cardinals. Cardinals, yeah. Okay. Because I remember sitting there screaming at the TV, "Why aren't you running?" And he's on the ground holding his holding his leg, and you go, "Oh no!" And then that that was the beginning of the end for Ryan Howard. So in that statement, I don't quite agree with Freddie Freeman and Ryan Howard's contract being the same because Howard would have kept. There was some decline, 
but it wasn't straight down. Yeah. And, and like Sorry, I, said, I keep cutting you guys no, off. I, no, I love no, to get no, inside no. of my own voice. No, you're good. No, you're what do you good. think the show's about, man? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I mean, but my it's thing about, is, though, it's, my thing is though, with, with Freeman, though, like, I don't agree with it being like the Ryan Howard contract, but my thing is, it's like towards the back end of that contract in LA, how's he, how he going to be? I mean, you're talking six years, and that's a you lot. Yeah, so. now. Yeah, yeah, well. I mean, and the yeah, Dodgers spend money, but it's for five years. Yeah, he'll be fine. Um, but I'm assuming this is going to come back towards me, unless Trace yeah. you want to take it and go for. No, 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 no Tim, go ahead. I, I want to hear um, your opinion. I, 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 I think the biggest one, and we've all seen the graphic um, that was put out there of teams who spent the most versus teams who spent the least, and the team I'm wearing was pretty much at the bottom, uh, maybe second to last. Uh, but Oakland just did absolutely nothing. Oakland's fire selling everything. So Matt Olson, for example, going to Atlanta, Matt Chapman going to Toronto. And I can touch on how I feel about Toronto later, but the two big signings and the one team that spent half a billion dollars was the Texas Rangers on two guys. Yeah. With Seager and Simeon. And that's arguably the best double play combo in the majors right now. Oh, And and they shelled a pretty penny for them. Yeah, but if you – now, look, so we're sitting here – you're talking about them spending half a billion dollars on two players when you have teams like the Orioles and the Guardians who didn't even spend $30 million. The Indians. In the yeah. <laughs> they didn't even spend $30 million in the offseason. We're on a public platform, John. We have to be politically correct now. <laughs> no, we do not. <laughs> yes, we do. Um, and I will you, not. <laughs> unless you want to – 20 years from now, somebody's going to look back on this and they're going to derail your career. Oh, I'm sorry. I said it 18 months after the fact when it would have been politically acceptable to say, right? Yeah. <laughs> but so just trying to watch out for you, buddy. Yeah. Looking out for your future endeavors. So yeah, let's so, so let's look here at some of the average sign average salary signings. Okay. There's the top three is Scherzer, Correa, and Seeger. And they all Scherzer's get- contract. I was gonna touch into that too with the Mets and their fire sale. Or not fire sale, but fire spending. Well, well if you look at their average salary they're each thirty-two million or above, which is more than the Guardians and the Orioles. So, yeah. so do you think them not spending money is bad for baseball, or do you think that's bad for just their fan bases alone? I think it's bad for the fan base not to, to kind of take this one and run with it. But you have teams like the Pirates, who for years haven't brought anybody into the ballpark. You have guys. They, the, I'm trying to think of the catcher that they traded to Miami early on. It was Gold Glove winner. Uh, and you know, ship him out. Uh, they didn't bring back McCutcheon. They and it seems that any player that they have coming up through the system, they just ship them off. Look at that Garrett Cole trade from a few years ago. It they they've got nobody left from it. Nobody from that trade is on the team. So tell me how Pittsburgh's GM can sit there and say confidently, "I'm building a team to win," because you're not. You're not, buddy. Not even close. Yeah. So the knock on the Pirates' owner uh, ownership, I should say, uh, is generally that they are solely um, focused on the business aspect, the money-making aspect, and they could care less about the product and the field. How are you making money when nobody's there? Well, I mean, it's 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 like that. It's like in soccer, right? I mean, you're like basically you're shipping off and sending away players before you have to pay them. 
and you're not selling them the same way you do in terms of transfers in, in soccer. But still, I mean, it's anybody who has any promise, they try and flip him for four, five, six prospects that generally don't work out. I, I mean, it's it, it, they, don't, they just don't pay people. They're not willing to I mean, pay my, anybody. Miami even went out there and signed Jorge Soler. Now, I think yeah. they were big on the Castellanos wagon until they decided to part ways with Derek Jeter. I think there was some uh, conflict of interest within that. But uh, if Jeter was still at the Marlins, Castellanos probably would have went to Miami. And if you actually look, so obviously Baltimore did make a couple of signings. Um, most of it was minor league deals, but they did add uh, Odor, second baseman. Ro- yeah, I saw that. Rubened, Odor. Yeah. Rubened, um, Odor. Yeah. The Yankees bust, I guess, right? Right, yeah. No, right. He's, he's the guy who cold-cocked uh, well, yeah, that too. Bautista in Texas. <laughs> but Professional Cle- boxer, Rubened, Odor. But here's, here's Cleveland. They made two major league deals, and that was it. And here they are, like again, only spending thirty million dollars in payroll. And same with Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh had they made a couple. Uh, was it Stallings, the guy they traded? I got to go down here real quick. Yeah, might have been, but I mean, they got Heath Hembry as Ooh, as man. a older, older, older player, but put him right in the minor league. So they spent some money, but it was nothing that made you go like, "Whoa!" And and that's and so, John. That's why I'm, I'm going to put it to you. Obviously, like. So do you think, same question I asked him, do you think them not spending the money to help their fan base out, is, is it good for baseball or is it just bad for, or is it bad for baseball or is it just bad for them in general? It's not good for anything except the owner's pockets, probably, um, to be honest with you. But what's the resolution? Do we put, do we implement a salary floor? I don't know if I agree with that necessarily. I mean... Like Tim said, you, you don't put a good product in the field. Theory, theoretically, the people don't pay to come. Um, and I mean, I'm sure that's that's accurate. It probably plays out in the attendance numbers and, and stuff like that. But it's not good for anybody. But how do you fix it? That's the, I guess, the, the bigger you, question. You make the team spend money. I See, mean, Pitts, salary Pittsburgh, floor in, right? Pitts, I mean, that's, that's what you're saying. That's salary floor, right? Or the, maybe not just the seller floor, but maybe MLB needs to come in and threaten, you know, some action like start doing some things or we're going to start heavily finding you put, put a product on the field because yeah, I, be, I don't know if you guys have been to PNC park, but it's, it's one of the most beautiful parks out there, especially when you're sitting, you got the skyline of the city out there in center field. And it's, it's a beautiful ballpark and it's a shame that it's such a triple A team that's out there. Unless you implement a, like a serious salary floor, then it's all going to be discretionary. And do you really want man fraud to have the discretion to come in and try and shake things up just because he feels like it or because he arbitrarily decides that this team is not doing enough or the, you know, the same concept goes with tanking, right? I mean, if you think a team is tanking, right, then you can come in and say you can't tank, right? But how do you prove that necessarily? I mean, you either have to have a salary floor or you can't do anything about it if you ask me. Yeah. Well, so let's get back on topic. Yeah. Well, no, we're still on topic. Yeah, we are on topic, but, but but let's, I'm not let's... talking about WrestleMania here, Tim. <laughs> hey, listen, the American Nightmare came back, baby, in full nightmare attire. It was great. Now, so with a little bit of the, we'll say a little bit here on the free agents topic. You know, we have teams that haven't made any signings. We've had teams make signings. Now we also have players who haven't even signed yet. We got guys like uh, Michael Conforto, um, John a blank here on the other one. Kyle Seeger hasn't signed yet. Third baseman. Kyle Seeger retired. Well, that's true. I forgot. 
Uh, but Conforto is probably the top, biggest top name guy that's available yet. Apparently, that, I think I read something on him where he was like rehabbing a shoulder and he didn't want to pursue contracts with a bum shoulder. So he right. wanted to wait until everything was healed. So when he goes out and puts on a showcase, it's it's him. It's not diminished him. But yeah, it's the guy like Conforto taking this long to sign and we're, what, a week away from opening day? Yeah, and, and so my point for him is... Does a Not team even like, a yeah, we're less than a week. Does a team like uh, Baltimore or Cleveland or whatever throw big money at him and say, you know what, we're going to build our future around you now? Even though he's, I think, what, 34, 30, 32, something like that? I look up here. Keep I don't think they do, honestly. I mean, it's probably going to be a case of the rich get richer, if you ask me. Right, The teams that spend money will keep spending money. Um I don't think Conforto goes back to the Mets at this point. Doesn't no. feel like that. It's twenty nine option. Twenty nine, okay. Um, but I mean, he could be a a decent building piece for a team on the outs or you know one of the the, the uh, lowly teams we talked about before. But I don't know. I, I, I generally with baseball, if I have to guess on free agent signings, it's going to be one of the top ten teams who are going to throw stupid money at somebody, and that's well, generally how it works. You can take your top 10 team. I mean, look at the Chris Bryant deal. I mean, are the Rockies a top 10 team? No, not at all. Well, yeah, I mean, you're right. But, they're, they're starting to spend more, but they didn't uh, pay Trevor Story. <laughs> <laughs> they, let, yeah. they they had a chance to trade Story at the deadline, and, yeah. I mean, they let Story walk for nothing. I know. And I mean, how stupid is that? That's, Looking that's, back. So dumb. Yeah. You could have traded them and gotten, you know, maybe your haul of five, six uh, – prospects anything <laughs> yeah anything. one prospect i mean yeah i'm with you man it's, i don't get it well that's a big thing too though so there's other guys i'm not saying that they're i would call them top free agents but we, we got, got we got breaking news here we got uh -oh. breaking news breaking uh news. so with the oakland athletics fire sale another another trade has happened uh oh breaking news right here live the on padres the padres have acquired shamanaya this left-handed starter from Oakland. So there the fire go. sale continues. Let me see if I can dig up who who was dealt here. But that's coming from Bleacher Report. That's not coming out of thin air. So there you go. There's there's a uh, move. Let's see. Oakland trades Benea right and right-hand pitcher Aaron Holiday for two prospects. So it's it's Oakland just getting back on the prospect wagon. Uh, that makes sense though. First reported I mean... by Jeff Pass. Oh, see, look, our Tim Kirchner on top of the on top First of it. Supported by Tim Quigley. And, and, hey, gonna, and here's the thing: we're, we're going to take credit for that one. If, if Please credit Tim Quigley in all no, tweets. No, <laughs> no pa pass him first. Uh, yeah, yeah, Tim second. Well, yeah, Tim second. <laughs> but but there you go. So there's a, there's another move that Pittsburgh's making. This to, I don't know if that's really going to boost for them too much, but that helps them. Um, I'd have to look into the names here, but Oakland's getting Eurobell. Uh, Angelus and Adrian Martinez in return. So might have to look up those names and see where they were in the prospect list. Well, well let's see here. Let's go to the Pirates here. Doing this on the fly. Padres. 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 Sorry. Padres. Uh, so who'd you say they were getting? Um, I just closed the link. Well, I could, so I could tell you it's probably nobody in the top 100 because they had. No, it's not. I looked through that yeah. list. Because Robert Hassel is the only. Uh, minor leaguer that they have that's not on their open on their MLB roster. That's a prospect, but I can tell. So, 
Here. I'll look I'll look it up here, see what I can find real quick if you guys want to chat. Oh, you're good. So um I have it on I'm looking at it too. <laughs> well, All right. Uh so John, some other big name guys that haven't signed. We'll get into this while Tim looks. We got Matt Harvey from Baltimore. Baltimore's fire sale. Haven't done anything yet. One of our least favorite guys, Freddie Galvis. Sure, <laughs> always a sure fire in the field, but couldn't hit for crap. I like Freddie, man. I would have taken him back in a heartbeat. Honestly, I like Freddie. Veteran Brett Gardner played for the Yankees last yeah. year, left fielder. That's I can see him possibly retiring. He's just, he's thirty eight. I don't know if anybody's really really willing to take a shot at him. But there is still some some guys left out there. Tim, have you found anything for us yet? Uh, let's see here. So it looks like Adrian Martinez, if I've got the right guy up here, he is on the 40 man roster for San Diego, right-handed pitcher. Uh, looks like he was kind of floating between double A AA and triple A last year. Uh, if you combine both leagues, three, 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 eight ERA, uh, eight and five record, 125 innings. Uh, 1.24 whip. Uh, so I mean, that's a that's a that's a guy that can definitely bring up and let him learn at the major league level probably this year. If we're looking at uh, Urabel, he is in high A right now, and he's a middle infielder. He's 19 years old. So Tim, bottom of the screen there, somebody want? I assume uh, no, you know them. Here. <laughs> yeah, Hi, Dad. Yep. He wants to talk a little Freddie Freeman. <laughs> I to- told you the old, like I said, Chase Utley comparison right there. Yeah. It, except first base and doesn't slide into second base and break guys' legs, which I still don't think that was a dirty play. <laughs> no. um, um, but I, it, I wish he would have went somewhere else other than the Dodgers. I just, I hate the idea of building that super team. Yeah, they, I hate uh, that idea. Yeah, me too. But. Yeah. I mean, he, he's going to rake, and he's I mean, he's still a gold glove winning first baseman, just coming off an MVP. He's, I mean, it's he's going to be good. We all know this. As a Phillies fan, he was a hard guy to hate. Yeah. <laughs> he really yeah, was. I agree. Yeah. But you, and you hated seeing him I mean, coming up to the plate. If there's a guy on second yeah. and third, and you're like, oh, crap, here we go again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm going to change the format here a little bit because since we're talking about the Dodgers, I'm going to bump up one here real quick and we'll go with our two early to call world series picks. Now, obviously the, between the Dodgers and the Mets, they've spent the most money. The Mets are without both starting pitchers for opening day. I know DeGrom could be out for a good portion of possibly the first month, maybe Less time, maybe longer, with an injury. So, gentlemen, based on what we've seen in free agency, what we've seen so far in spring training, projections and all that stuff, who are your guys's too early to call World Series picks, as in who's uh, representing the American League, who's representing the National League, and who wins the World Series? Let's just get this underway right now. So, yeah, good good segue there, Trace. And – I mean, I think with the National League, the, the the easy pick is the Dodgers. Even Dave Roberts even says, you know, World Series are bust this year. So, I mean, 
you, you don't you want to see them not make it because in my opinion but they're going to they're probably going to go to the world series the al could be a little interesting um i think the blue jays have a shot and i think not going down into the nlcs and the alcs but it wouldn't shock me if it's the mariners and the blue jays fighting to get in from the american league um especially with the blue jays adding kevin galsman on a five-year deal uh, they extended Jose Barrios. Vlad Jr. is just getting better. Um, the Blue Jays going to be amazing. I really think the Blue Jays have a shot, and I got to say the Blue Jays beat the Dodgers in the too early to call World Series. John, what about you? So it's your heart versus your mind. Um, my heart hates <laughs> it, but the Dodgers do seem like the team uh, to beat in the NL. I mean, it's – I don't know. Baseball is one of those – and they've got how many guys are turning from their world their World Series appearing teams and adding Freddie Freeman? Yeah, I mean, I mean they, they've got the experience. They're easy to hate, and I do hate them, but they will probably be very, very good. Um, and AL, they even added a uh, sorry, sorry, and they even added Kimbrel. Yeah, yeah. Recently, so we've coveted Kimbrel for a very long time. I mean, the Phillies, I should not not we. I should stop saying we, but you know what I mean. Um, AL. Um, I, I like the, the blue Jays too. Um, and I don't, I like the white Sox. White Sox are good. I like the white Sox too. I mean, yeah. I'd probably, probably say it would come down to those two, but I do think the AL will be more competitive in the NL. I hate to say it. I think yeah. the NL is very top heavy. The AL is going to have a lot more parity. Um, you know, five, six, seven teams will, will probably be in the mix, um, like realistically in the mix to win it. And considering half the teams make the playoffs now. Well, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I'm going to go a little off from you guys. I think as good as the Dodgers are and how much they're trying to, um, buy another world series title. I, I don't want to say this because of being a Phillies fan, but Here I, it think, comes. I think the Braves actually might. Oh, I, I think you were going I, another direction. No, no, no. I yeah. think the, I think the Braves might actually have a good chance of repeating as and they get, the NL. and they get Acuna back. Right. And Kenley Jansen. Yeah. And, and Matt Olson. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, yeah, they lost Freddie Freeman. That's a big, big loss to them. But uh, like we said, I think Matt Olson is a good pickup for them. And they didn't really lose much firepower from their pitching. So I still think that they, I, it's hard to bet against the Braves. Yeah. I think in the American League, I agree with the White Sox. I agree with the Blue Jays. But I think another team to watch out for whether they cheat or not would be the Houston Astros. And I hate, I don't like, I don't want to root for Curveball. Curveball. Yeah. It's a curveball. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, you're right. You're right, Trace. I, I agree with that too. Talent-wise, talent-wise, Houston has the ability to compete. and set my dog off. Um, Houston has the ability to compete with the best of the American League as long yeah. as they don't cheat. So, my Anyone pick. The Red Sox. Yeah, and I saw a comment earlier about the Reds. Uh, weren't the Reds on the bottom of the list too of not spending anything? And they had a fire sale too, getting rid of Suarez. And well, they just lost Castellanos, but yeah. well, they, I mean, but they, they didn't traded they... away Winkler, they traded away Suarez to Seattle, and that's why I think Seattle's going to be good. They but... didn't make any play for Castellanos though, like they, they didn't. Could. I don't, they're, I mean, they're shedding money. They yeah. traded oh, Sonny yeah. Gray to the Twins. Uh, Twins could be one to watch two out of the AL. Sorry to cut you off, Trace. Who you were going with? Um, so I think I'm going to take uh, t- 
to repeat, I'll take the Braves to win the World Series, and I'll take them beating the Houston Astros. And I'll even go even farther and say the Braves beat the Astros in six games. Ooh. So. Ooh, interesting. You got to put money on that? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, UNC Moneyline, baby. Cash that all day. 17 whole dollars. (laughs) Listen, man, listen. I'm fiscally conscious, my friend. Mm -hmm. I bet responsibly. (laughs) Tim, your your dad asked a pretty cool question here. Who will have the worst record? Let me pull it up here. Who will have the worst record this year? So. I Orioles, think, Reds, or Pirates? Take I don't. No, I don't think the Reds will be the worst. I don't really think they'll be the worst. I think it's going to be the. I think it's going to be the Orioles. To be honest, I think the Orioles are going to have the worst record. They've the got. So they've got a few young guys coming up though that could be competitive. I mean, yeah, the Reds. Reds have a, <laughs> have a chance. Um, but the Reds also have Hunter Green, so that's something to watch out there. The yeah. Orioles have Adley Rutschman. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. Adley's going to make the roster opening day. I know Green has uh, Detroit, maybe, but they've got a lot of young guys too. Plus Javier Baez. What about Cleveland? Nah, I mean, they'll, they'll Cleveland. Mid. They'll make the playoffs. No, no, hold on. Cleveland has fallen pretty far from the, losing the World Series to the Cubs. How they went from being way up here for a few years now, also they, they have everybody. Been, yeah. So I, I think Cleveland could be in the running for who will have the worst. If I had a the here, the Indians triple A team isn't bad, so Pirates have some stuff to grab. <laughs> <laughs> that's my uh, that's my checkers and records co-host there, guys. Well, there he's, you go. He's, 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 he's uh he's confident in his Reds and their ability to not do anything this year, apparently. <laughs> hey, gotta get that um, draft pick, baby. Yeah. All right, so since we, now you know we had the World Series picks, we got to get started somewhere. So Thursday, opening day, opening weekend, big matchups. I think there's some big matchups this week. Uh, we got Yankees Red Sox, one of the probably one of the best rivalries in baseball. Yankees Red Sox, um, Chicago Milwaukee. I think is going to be a pretty good series. So who do you think opening weekend? What do you think is probably the best uh, opening weekend series? And what's what are you going to be watching? I'll I'll learn Phillies and athletics because, you know, Phillies fans. Yeah. Uh, Well, you could also, I mean, Oakland coming to Philadelphia. You have the old two Philadelphia teams coming back together. Yeah. 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 So, you know, maybe Connie Mack. Watch there in old Connie Mack Stadium. Uh, You got Mariners twins, it looks like. So that could be a good one right out of the bat. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Let's see. What else we got here? Rangers, Blue Jays. That could be a good one. Depending on the pitching matchup, the uh, Nationals, Mets, for, like the opening day game could be pretty decent. I saw a yeah. rumor where the Mets were going to go with a bullpen game for opening day. Oh, yeah. of they that's, don't, that's they the don't most wanna... Mets thing ever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but the, the, the thought oh, process being they don't want to bump up the three, four guys yeah. and mess with the – because apparently they're on – scheduled rotation wise to you know be ready for their regular uh regular season start so they don't want to come back or they don't want to push them up and you know hurt them i guess so with my hands what do i do with my hands so what are you guys saying what what is what do you think is the best series for the weekend for opening day just just out of one of them just out of out of all the all the games are being played what's the best series 
Listen, you got to go with Yankees, Red Sox, I think, probably. I mean, it's just, it's opening um, series. It's the biggest rivalry in baseball, probably. It's, it's the consensus pick, you know, it's the evil empire versus the evil empire, but one of them has to lose. That's good, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'll, uh, Tim, I'll, I'll pass it over to you here once. Clearly Pirates, uh, Cardinals. <laughs> uh, I'm going to, well, you know what? I'm going to throw you guys a curveball, and I think, and you'll, you'll get my understanding when I tell you, I think Texas-Toronto will actually be a great series to watch. That's be a good one. Mm-hmm. The amount of money Texas just spent with, they're just two signings with probably the best infield down in baseball. And Toronto is Toronto. Toronto is going to be good. Toronto is going to be one of the best teams in, in baseball this year. I think, first off, I think the whole American League East is bound to have like a really good year. That might Minus be the, the toughest. Orioles. Yeah, I, I think that division is going to be the toughest division to win in all baseball. Um, but I think I think that's, that's going to be a great matchup to watch just to see how good Texas can gel with their signings and how – how good is Toronto really going to be? Because we know how good Vlad Jr. is, but can they piece it all together? Especially since I think Barrios is pitching. He's got the second game, I think. Yeah, I was no. just I was just looking because Thursday. Well, they don't play Thursday; they play Friday. Yeah, so it's Barrios. Barrios gets to start against John Gray, and that's uh, to me. I think that's that's a that's gonna be a good matchup. I think that Toronto, they're playing in Toronto. Because you know they didn't open up last year in Toronto because of COVID, so I really, I, I really like the Toronto Texas series. Yeah, it's going to be a fun one to watch. Yeah, it will. I mean, let's let's talk a little bit here since we are Phillies fans. We have a little bit of time here to kill before we get into our next topic. What is your uh, what's your guys' outlook on our Phillies against Oakland? It's going like, to be oh, they, they don't sweep them. Something's wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they they, they got to sweep them. The A's are not good. No, no. The, A, the A's are garbage. And, and, Money ball won't save them. The, the concern, as usual, in the Phillies is going to be the bullpen. Yeah, the bullpen's um, going to single-handedly blow. I hate to say it, year. but a little bit of uh, you know concern for Nola and giving up the homers like he has been in spring training again, just like he did last year. Cole Hamels, so, 2.0, baby. Yeah, I don't hate that at all. Dare slander the name of Cole Hamels. And then, this, I mean, we're, we're looking for – World I Series mean, MVP Cole Hamels, thank this you very is, much. A general comment, not so just for the opening series, but what does Suarez bring back this year? Was he was it like a flash in a pan type thing last year? Is he is he can he be relied on to be a solid the, uh, middle of the rotation team. starter? Big uh, on Suarez. Yeah, I mean it's big he, on Suarez. He passed the eye test last year too. But yeah, I mean you're right. Absolutely. The Phillies the Phillies are going to have to have their bats alive. They're going to have to put up like double digit runs. Hey, a listen, game if you to, score twenty, to, if you score twenty and hold them to fifteen, a win's a win. Yeah, bomber bust, baby. That's yeah. what we're going for. So be a lot yeah, of bust. obviously in our, in our group chat, we've talked about it. The Phillies actually have one of the top lo- batting lineups in baseball on paper. And, and on paper, they're starting rotations in the top 10. Somehow. See, that's, uh, yeah, yeah. Somehow, somehow, some way. I mean, it's very top heavy. <laughs> I mean, Wheeler, Wheeler is a possible Cy Young winner. If he can repeat Nola, if he gets back on track, it's going to be good. Depending on what you want to come out of with Suarez, um, depending what happens with him. Gibson as your four, which, eh. I think and then Eflin is five. I think Gibson and Eflin could be the turning point for them. If How those many two, times have we said Eflin's going to be a turning point? He it's was show, never happened. Yeah, he was showing good signs towards the end of last year. I think this year, if he puts it together, he pitched well in spring training so far too. Yeah, yeah. I think I think I'm not 
Again, I'm not, I'm not 100% sold on him, but I think there's a, got a chance. With there's them. a signing the Phillies had that's going under the radar, and uh, that's former Met Jerry's familia, Mr. Blown Save Extraordinaire. <laughs> yeah, he, he fits yeah. in the Phillies bullpen very, very well. <laughs> it's the equivalent of having Br- Brad Hand twice in the bullpen. Hey, Brad, Brad Hand well, could be I mean, decent, I, though. If he can get back to what he did in the second half. If. He was, if, if. if. And let's not forget Sir yeah, Anthony. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, oh, that's right, Sir Anthony. Anthony apparently showing good stuff, and he's going to be a vital piece of any bullpen that would have any type of success. Comeback player it, of the year? Yeah, I mean, it's I don't know if I go that far, but nah. it sounds like he's showing – he lost a good amount of weight. He's got good velocity on his ball from what you hear from Salisbury and the people um, in the know. So, I, I don't know. Cautiously optimistic, I maybe that he'll be okay. But, again, one man does not make a bullpen. No, I mean, not at all. Unfortunately, their track record does not uh, give any of us much confidence. It's going to probably be another stereotypical Philly year where they start off hot and everything's good and we're going to brag. Yeah. And then it's going to go downhill and then they'll make a mediocre trade at the deadline and be good for a little bit. And even with expended playoffs, they'll somehow lose out by two games and finish under 500 again. So if I was a big man, I'd, I'd probably bet on the Tim being right yeah. <laughs> on that one. <laughs> very Tim Kirchner. So I think uh, that's going to lead us into the final segue, which we were talking about. Um, we'll go with some picks here, guys. Let's go with – let's start with our National League Cy Young winner. Now, you were talking about Zach Wheeler being a potential Cy Young candidate. Uh, I thought he got snubbed last year, not as a Phillies fan, as a fan of baseball. Uh, but Degrom was going to run away with it if he didn't get hurt last year. So, yeah. Start with you, John. Who do you think is going to be the National League Cy Young winner? Um, another heart versus brain, uh, Quagmire, <laughs> I guess. But I, I'd probably go with Scherzer. I don't know. I just think he's going to be dealing this year. I just feel feel like he's got in a good spot. Yeah, a Scherzer pick is pretty good. But again, right now he's hurt, so he's going to be missing the start of first. Yeah, first first week at least. I don't, I don't think yeah. he'll miss a lot of time. I don't think it's anything but serious. I don't know. He's he's pretty durable. Hamstring tightness, it, it's a reoccurring injury that's, that's, yeah. that can come up. and. Yeah, soft tissue injuries are, are lingering. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'm probably wrong. Don't bet on it. <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm, I'm trying to think of some names here that aren't, you know, Common obviously Wheeler's going to be up there. You know Degrom's going to be up there whether he's healthy or not. Um, but Corbin Degrom could Bur- miss a decent amount of time. He could, yeah. yeah, especially with the shoulder. Yeah, Corbin Burns probably has a good shot to repeat. Um, just I'm blanking. Now I, I I'm going to be a little biased. I think I think it's going to be hard to argue that Zach Wheeler might not be the Cy Young winner. And again, this is I'm not, it's going to be biased towards the Phillies, but. I think Wheeler, if healthy for the whole year and puts on the same year that he had last year, he's going to be hard to beat in general. And with the lineup that they have batting for him, he's going to get a lot more wins this year than what he did last year. I think that's what held him back. So, I mean, um, there's also I'm, – I'm looking up here too just because I was drawing a blank on some names. Uh, Walker Bueller. Uh, could be good. Galsman's already in the American League. Scherzer, yeah, we already mentioned him. Wheeler. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Was it Brandon, Brandon Woodruff? Did I get my Brewers pitchers wrong? Yeah. Well, so so right now, 
the favorites just looking. You got Scherzer, Corbin Burns, Zach Wheeler, Bueller, Woodruff, and actually Nola made the list too. So. Yeah, well, do not go bet on Nola. <laughs> no, no, I wouldn't either. Um, okay, so I my pick's Wheeler. So I whatever whatever you guys think out, out of that list that I just gave you of Scherzer, Burns, Wheeler, Bueller, Woodruff, and Nola. Yeah, I stick with yeah, Scherzer. It's, I think. If Grom comes back healthy, I'll go to Grom. Yeah, I, I like the Degrom pick, but again, we don't know how long he's actually going to be out for. That's, that's an if. Yeah, mm-hmm. they they uh they said he could miss some significant time. Okay, we'll go to the cross the league. Let's go to the American side. Cy Young. I'll start this one off here. I think uh, touching back earlier with the series to watch with Toronto and Texas and Barrios getting the ball on opening day. I think Jose Barrios is going to have a really good year this year. He's going to have a great offense behind him. Going to be super comfortable. Uh, especially if they can get him a lead early. His stuff's nasty. He's got massive repertoire of pitches, breaking out the fancy dictionary. Um, but I think Jose Barrios has got a real good shot for AL Cy Young. Yeah, I like that pick. John? I'm a believer, so <laughs> I... Uh... They're going to trade him in the middle of the year anyway. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. They, I think they that... honestly probably will trade him in the middle of the season. It's possible. I mean, he could go on a contender at that point. Uh, he probably will go to, be, go to a contender at that point. Um, they're going to be a bad team, but it feels a lot to me like I, – I'd love if Philly got him, but it feels a lot to me like a terrible team with an ace that's just going to deal. Um, so I, I, I like him, you know, in Cleveland. Yeah, I like Shane Bieber too. But I'm going to agree with your dad on this one here, Tim. I, yeah. think, I think the Garrett Cole that's, revenge That's my more. brother, buddy. Oh, Patrick. Sorry, Patrick. Oh, my gosh. Matt, how dare you? I wasn't reading completely. All I saw was Quigley, and your dad's been talking the most. Patrick hasn't said a word. Um, (laughs) I agree with him, though, the Garrett Cole. There's no sticky stuff. No sticky stuff. I I don't care. I think Garrett Cole is the (laughs) – yeah, 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 Patrick. Calm down. Um, (laughs) Oh, let me guess. He's calling me out. Yeah. Um, Listen here, little brother. I think the Garrett Cole revenge tour is is big. I yeah, uh, it's 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 probably going to happen. Yeah, dude's a monster. I, he is the favorite too. If, if you're wondering, he is the favorite early early odds favorite to win the American League Cy Young. So it's going to be hard to root against him. Um, I mean, other than he's a Yankee, it's really easy to root against the Yankees. We all know that. <laughs> Listen, after the 2009 World Series, I can't really talk much. So, You're not wrong. Nope, nobody covered third base. It's like, still, it's like, and Hideki Matsui. I still hear about that to this day. It's like John and I, the 2010 uh, NHL Stanley Cup finals never happened either. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. We love next, heartbreak. Yeah. We love next, heartbreak. Next, uh, next on the list National League MVP. Mm. Now, our boy. As Dan calls him, Bruce Harper <laughs> yeah. is uh, coming off another MVP season. Yeah. Does he I'm repeat, ta- or are I'm we ta- going to see somebody I, new? I'm taking got- Bruce all day. With, <laughs> the, with, with, the, with the type of support they're giving him in that lineup, look what he did with very little support around him. Um, he's he's going to just light it on fire, man. He's like – I mean, he's – yeah. I, I cannot bet against Bruce, Bryce, whatever you want to call him. MV3. <laughs> So we'll call him. He cannot bet against yeah. that guy. Off yeah. the wall. 
off the wall pick right here, Matt Olson. Ooh, At Matt plus- Olson, Matt Olson or Acuna. I, th- I think it's going to be. I think the Braves are going to have another guy on their hands. At pl- winning the MVP. Olson's at plus three thousand too. Just so you know, I don't look at yeah. any lines. I don't no, no, no. I'm saying, betting. I'm saying that's that's how that's 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 you how reward, much of a you reward the man with a big contract. You ship out, and especially if he comes in and wins MVP after shipping out the franchise guy, Freddie Freeman. Well, I'm just saying it's going to make he, the Braves uh, look like the smartest team out there. Yeah, well, I was saying like that's how yeah how his odds are was that's a solid dark horse pick. Um, I'm actually going to go with one even another kind of dark horse pick, but it's going to be out there is Juan Soto. Yeah. I don't think he's a dark horse. I think he's, he's up there. Yeah. He's up there. But for, for how bad Washington is, I, I, how bad most, we think they're going to be. Yeah. yeah Soto's bad, really good. Soto's a tank. Soto's what's going to, what's going to kill him is for how Ex-Harrisburg bad. Harrisburg Senator Juan Soto, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Harrisburg Senator who famously <laughs> had the quote of, I. Uh, Sorry to cut you off there, Trace, but Juan Soto comes into Harrisburg and wherever he's staying, you know, brings an inflatable mattress. Uh, coach comes up to him and goes, you know, we're going to need to get you better sleeping arrangements. And he looks at the coach and says, don't worry, I won't be here long. A week <laughs> yeah. later, he's in the majors. I mean, your brother is giving me crap for taking Juan Soto, but <laughs> I, I think I think if you're talking about overall hitting, he might be one of the best hitters in baseball. When it it's comes hard. to putting the bat on the ball, maybe yeah. I mean he always makes contact. But yeah. I mean he's I got I don't know his numbers off the top of my head, but I mean he's he's kind of a safe pick, I'd say. He's a safe pick. It's not really a dark horse and off the wall. It's it's probably a safe pick. My other pick would be uh, Mookie in LA. Oh god, yeah. I I'm, I'm avoiding anything Dodgers. <laughs> I don't want to give the uh, Dodgers any more hype than they already have. Yeah. <laughs> How about let's go to the American League? I'm going to go deep into the Harrisburg Senators uh, oh. again, and I'm going to take the son of a Harrisburg Senators uh, legend, Vlad Guerrero Jr. Mm. up there in Toronto. There we go. There I think it's an, an easy pick. He's probably, I don't know if he's the favorite, but he's probably got to be up there. But let's see here. I think he's, he's, gonna... one, he's, he's one of the three favorites. So there's, yeah. there's three favorites. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. I mean, I'd love to see Mike Trout win it again, but that's that's way too easy. Let's see who else we got out there. The the Guerrero. favorite is the favorite. It's Otani again. Uh, of course, yeah, it of is. course it is. I mean, he's uh, a, you can't root against that guy. So yeah, you can when they play when he plays your team. You can well, yeah, him. but I mean, he's, I don't know. He's, <laughs> but I'll tell you what, I bet on him in the home run derby last year, and he was awful. So that's what I was just going to pick right there. Aaron Judge. Judge. And it's coming yeah. up, to, and it's coming up time where he's got to. The Yankees are going to have to pay him. It's either pay him or let him walk. Uh, and if the Yankees let Judge walk, New York is going to explode. Oh, absolutely! And if Judge, and especially if Judge comes out and wins an MVP, it's going to be even harder. What and about he's going to make way more money? I mean, we've we've talked about this team a couple of times. What about anybody from the White Sox? I mean, they they got some potential to be a a threat, and unless Tony La Russa runs them to the ground. I don't know if the Russo is going to run him to the ground. Or gets but... another DUI. <laughs> it's another DUI. <laughs> Maybe all of the uh, above. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> Sorry, Tony. No, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you look at their lineup, though, Jose Abreu. He's getting older. T- he can make a run. Tim Anderson can make a run. I mean, they got they got some. They're probably really long talent. odds. 
They are. I already guess. I mean, but sometimes those long odds can work out in your favor. I mean, not like I'm saying Josh Harrison is going to be their MVP, former Pittsburgh Pirate from Cincinnati, Ohio. <laughs> Josh Harrison, Mister. Well, who, who's he been with? You probably started a Kenny Lofton type list with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah pretty much. He's been around more than Kim Kardashian. Oh. <laughs> and he can't win like Kim Kardashian. And, and... <laughs> With that, let's, we got one more here, then we're going to call it quits. Overall, I know each league has their own rookie of the year, but who do you think is the top rookie for baseball this year? I'll start with – we'll start with Tim on this one. All right. Um I'm going to go with a guy in Detroit who was just handed a first baseman's mitt for from a future Hall of Famer, uh, Spencer Torkelson. I think having a guy like Miguel Cabrera that you can literally attach yourself to the hip and learn off of one of the best hitters in our lifetime, it's it's just going to do wonders for him. And if you can spend the whole year just picking the mind of Miguel Cabrera, I think it's going to show in his offensive game. So I'm going to go Torkelson if we're picking an overall rookie of the year. Yeah. That's uh, that's a solid pick. I mean, he spent what last year in Triple A, anyways. Yeah, I can pull up his numbers here. I've got the tabs set up. John, who do uh, who who do you think is going to be the top rookie for baseball? Uh, the Royals have a kid named Bobby Witt. Yep. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's who uh, number one. Yeah. He's <laughs> yeah. got a he's got a heck of a bat. I'll tell you what. I think he'll yeah. be. I think he'll be good. So Torkelson here, and I got Bobby Witt. I can pull him up too. He was in three leagues last year, so high A, double A, triple A. We're going to combine all of those for 530 total plate appearances with a 267 average with 30 bombs and 91 home runs. Yeah. The majority of his bombs coming in double A with 14. Wait, did you say 91 home runs? 91 ribbies. All right. There you go. That's 30 dingers. He said ribbies. 91 home runs. Oh, uh, well. <laughs> I, maybe, maybe with some uh, added help. And let's see. Whit I was going to say, that's, that, that, that'd be a heck of a year. Witt last year spent time between AA and AAA with a 290 average, uh, 33 homers and 97 RBI. And his numbers are, I mean, he it's literally a 50-50 split. He spent 61 games in AA, 63 games in AAA, and they mirror each other. Like the stats quite literally mirror each other, so kid can hit. Mm-hmm. So I have a bunch of guys that I, I like. I'll tell you who my guy is. I'm looking forward to watching play. I think Adley Rutschman from Baltimore is going to be a good player. I think Julio Rodriguez in Seattle is going to be good. Yeah, Rodriguez. And I also think C.J. Abrams in San Diego is going to be a really good fit, good guy to watch. But I think the guy that's going to be the most exciting and who I think would probably be Rookie of the Year. And we've talked about it. I'm going to make a few people who are watching happy. Hunter Green in Cincinnati. Yeah, he's going to – he's going to – 100-mile-per-hour thrower with a nasty slider. And he's, six foot, that. and he's six foot five, and he's – yeah, he's, he's, a, I'm gonna he's a beast. make a homer shout-out to Bryson Stott, Dark Horse. Yeah, I like Stott too. That's as long as he makes the roster. Yeah. Um, so yeah. with that, that's the first show. We made it. We, we made survived. it. We survived. We survived. We spewed enough. And I would say <sighs> that we're thriving too. We're surviving yeah, and yeah. thriving, gents. Yeah, yeah. So with that, thank you, gentlemen, for joining. We'll have another new show for you guys next week. Hopefully, we'll have some good baseball games to talk about. And it's not a dud opening day weekend. I mean, that's no, a good one. It won't be. 
<laughs> it won't be. Yeah. All the money that was spent into the off season, this better be some exciting opening day weekend. I can't wait. It's been a long time coming. Thank you guys again for joining. Anything you guys want to end with? Uh, let's not have another lockout. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fire man fraud. I mean, you yeah, can end with fraud. that too. Yeah. Listen, these guys want to play. These guys are happy to be on the field. So I think we're gonna get a heck of an opening weekend. Yeah, I agree. Can't wait. Baseball's back, baby. WrestleMania night two. Let's go. Yeah. Thank you, everybody who's watching. Tune in next week. And make sure you check out all of our partners that are scrolling at the bottom there. I'll be back Tuesday, hopefully, with Checkers and Wreckers with Tommy Boy. And uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Sounds good. See you guys.